All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Again and welcome to Pretty Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan, and I'm Screwhead Andrew, and we are here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be 1999 LL Cool J music video vehicle, Deep Blue Sea, the very first movie that Steven Spielberg saw after he got into his car. Or no, not Steven Spielberg. Stephen King got into after he uh, got into his car accident with the van. Wait, is that real? Uh, yeah, no, when Stephen King um, got into the van car accident, the very first movie he saw in his wheelchair was Deep Blue Sea, and he fucking loved this movie. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, God, yes. that's so good. Uh-huh. So, uh, Rennie Harland's, uh, who made Cutthroat Island, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of just connections and stuff here there. But before we get into that, um, Andrew, how the hell are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing great, man. I uh, just, uh, I got to watch uh, all three Deep Blue Sea movies, which for me has been a <laughs> lifelong dream. Um and, you know, it's, uh, it's going good. I, I, I have not had that chance to see Barbenheimer yet, but I, I'm looking forward to, to, the, to the possibilities. Yeah. Tell yourself. Yeah, no, good. I, I have seen Barbie. I have not seen Oppenheimer. Barbie was fantastic. Definitely highly recommend. Very clever movie. There's an amazing F-bomb in there. I'm not going to spoil it, but it is amazing. And, hmm. yeah, Ryan Gosling just steals the show. He's so good. So, so good in that movie. Uh, but yeah, definitely would recommend Barbie on that front. Still haven't seen it yet. I might see it this weekend. I might not. I don't know. Three hours is just like, that's a lot of time, but we'll see. That's my thought process as well. I'm like, that's for, so that and Mission Impossible 3. I'm like, these are both very long movies. Yeah. Because like, I, I still I haven't that. seen, I still haven't seen uh, Bo is Afraid either, the new Ari Aster one, even though it's mm. on digital. And I loved Midsummer. I loved Hereditary. But this one, I'm just kind of like, ah, three hours is so long. I don't know. One of these days I'll figure it out. So I'll just be like, okay, I want to go ahead and sleep or I want to go ahead and figure something out and then I'll go ahead and uh, watch that one. So, I did, it's I, been did, busy. Yeah. Did, did you ever see um, Infinity Pool? No, I did not. Yeah. Okay. All right, all right, all right. I just saw it recently. I was curious about your thoughts. But anyway, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but how are things going for you otherwise? Yeah, otherwise, uh, good. It's been honestly extremely, extremely busy in my life right now. Nothing really big is happening. It's just a whole bunch of little micro stuff over and over and over again. So yeah, been busy. Been very, very busy. Just got done with um, a my work day, and I work from home, which is kind of nice. But at the same time, I do training and development, and I've literally spent four o'clock to or noon to four o'clock talking and training, being the primary person, and just kind of going back and forth and answering questions. And now it's two hours later. I took a nap. I ate some dinner, and now I'm ready to talk for another hour. So let's do this. Woo! Yeah, boy. Yeah. There we go. Other than that, yeah, that's that. But yeah, let's uh, get into Deep Blue Sea. Anything you want to talk about? No, I don't. I think we'll hop right into it. I'm, I am cool. excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was say, oh, so they, like, how, what is, what is your, uh, what's, what's your history of this movie? Have you seen this a lot before? Is this your first uh, time? Yes. So this, I believe I've seen twice before, maybe once. I don't remember. Um, but yes, I actually do have a kind of a vivid memory associated with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I was younger, probably about, I don't know, 11 or 10, I want to say. Well, this came out in 99. This was probably like 2001, 2002-ish when this was eventually released on VHS. So yeah, I probably would have been in like late middle school at that point because um, I was born in 88. Uh, but yeah, basically, I do remember I would have sleepovers at my cousin's house who lived two hours away and it was always a big event because he was close to me in age and I was just like, yay, I get to hang out with him. This is awesome. And I remember distinctly like us making some French toast pancakes at late at night. Um, it, it was like this weird kind of like cinnamon roll swirly thing. I do distinctly remember that. It was a frozen thing. We just stuck it in the oven and then poured some syrup on top of it. But I do remember him being like, hey, we got to see this uh, movie. So we watched um, Deep Blue Sea together. And then we also watched The Ghost in the Darkness. Do you remember that one? The uh, lion hunting one? I don't think I've ever seen that. Wait, is that like, is it like another like horror movie? Is it's it, not so much. It, like, it is lion? somewhat horrifying at, at points. It's more of a drama than anything else or like a little action thing. Basically, it's about... Um, uh, a rural savanna and they're like this i don't remember what it was like this research group and then they're slowly like picked off by a pride of lions and it's kind of it's almost like a jaw sort of thing like a man versus nature oh, um, that sounds sick yeah I, I honestly haven't seen thought about that in a long time 
I don't know if it's any good or not anyway um, anymore. But I do remember watching Deep Blue Sea, and I do remember my cousin and I kind of like watching it together and reacting to some of the moments in there. And it was just a really fun memory. I enjoy it. So, but yeah, how about you? I think so. This movie I must have seen. I don't know, like, like I've probably seen this in the double digits at some point. I got at least like I've. I, this movie's always on Sci-Fi Channel, but I also like I think I got into this around the same time I got into Alien. Um, so this must have been like. I got in like third grade-ish, and this is kind of around then. I feel like, um, I don't know, I was really, really into this um, movie for a while as a kid. Like, I watched it a lot. I used to know like, everything about it. <laughs> um, not like everything, like, factually, but just, like, you know, in terms of the, what was going on in the movie, I used to, like, this used to just be a movie that I constantly watched over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really nostalgic to watch it again. I don't know. It felt very, like, 90s. Like, those kind of, like, 90s monster movies, especially the confined spaces that they're in. Those, like, I swear to God, the set of, like, them going through, like, the under water base exactly like the set from resident evil when they're when that kaplan's <laughs> climbing across the pipes and i was like is this the same fucking set <laughs> like it, it was such a familiar look like, everything about it was really nostalgic to, to go back and visit again um i used to like really think that line uh where alan's uh skarsgård or stone skarsgård's peeing into the wind <laughs> he's like oh yes yeah, pissed into the wind <laughs> i think that was the best fucking line on earth that used to be my favorite thing uh, ever <laughs> i don't know why i would be like yeah, yeah. Like, i'd always like i remember as a kid trying to figure out how to like, use that in a sentence like you know try to use that naturally i don't think i ever did i think it was always kind of like, too hesitant to say it but i was like someday i'll find somebody who's an asshole and I'm like you're pissing in the wind <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't know. I think this movie also is what introduced me to tom and J- thomas jane i think uh this is where i where i you know i remember seeing the mist I'm like it's the guy from deep blue sea uh so this really you know he will um, always be to me. I just want my kids back, guy. How dare you? Just want how my kids you? back. No, you, he just wants sharks. He wants, <laughs> just want my he kids wants back. Sharks. He wants sharks. He wants sharks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I kind of have the same kind of nostalgia for it as well. I have definitely have not seen as much as you have, but I do remember really enjoyed it the first time and second time I saw it. Um, but yeah, it, kind of going back, this kind of area, it was just all about. Well, we almost had kind of like a micro genre at this point where there was a lot of animal monster movies where we have Deep Blue Sea and then we also have like Anaconda and Tremors and Lake Placid and everything like that being released around that same time. And that's what I really like about this movie is it feels kind of like that double A as opposed to triple A movie um, from this era where a lot of studios weren't afraid to take risks about outlandish concepts like this and it's just, it's a ridiculous movie. And personally, I, I love it. I think it's really fun. It's a really, really fun movie. How about you? No, I, I, I'm the same boat. I, I love, like, I feel like, I, I didn't know that, um, I'm, sorry, when you mentioned the, the Times movie came out, I didn't realize all the movies that came out around the same time as this. Mm-hmm. It's weird because it feels so, like, Virus, there you go. That's what I was thinking of. Virus is the movie that I always associated with this movie. Do you ever see that about Jamie Lee Curtis? No, or, I know like, what you're talking it, about, though. It, it's so good like alien uh alien thing takes over a uh a ship so like basically they start turning people into cyborgs essentially so mm-hmm. good um but no, the, this era of movies uh as you mentioned like the, the kind of monster horror thriller movies i think was such like a fun era and i, I kind of i really missed it so it was, it was really nice to kind of step back into it um do you have a favorite of, of this genre of like these kind of like honestly this one like yeah. this and tremors <laughs> i would say are like the best so uh, i agree i'm trying yeah. to how many of these did you place this like when i was watching this i was like is this jurassic park like is this the same plot as jurassic park they take they they take a species of predator kind of either revive it or bring it back to a degree you know make it stronger and then it uh you know breaks well, the original jurassic containment. park didn't have any sort of like genetic modification with it that was until jurassic world where they started like hey what if we made dinosaurs smart right that's true. That's true. But like, I don't know, it's that same kind of concept of people like trapped in a facility where the monsters break out. Probably a very common thing. I don't know. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But I just I got a lot of those vibes off this to a degree as, as we were watching through it. I almost I don't know if I prefer this more than Jurassic Park. I don't know. I think like mm-hmm. the camp of this movie is so good. I don't. It's like so enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, it's very very just. It's, it's a fun, fun movie. So for those of you who don't know the premise of Deep Blue Sea, it is a 1999 movie set in a offshore research base. Um, basically, it is a deep blue research, uh, blue sea research system uh, where they're trying to find genetic modification and doing research on sharks to find a cure for Alzheimer's. And 
throughout the movie, basically, they're taking a look, we're playing around with these sharks. There's the shark wrangler, there's the scientist. Samuel Jackson plays the investor who wants to make sure that, you know, they're getting a return on any of the material down there, that sort of thing. Um, but eventually, of course, things go wrong. The sharks end up being super, super smart and in conjunction with the storm, basically take an opportunity to try and break out and free the facility while killing all the humans along the way. So a little bit Jurassic Park. They're trapped in this underwater research facility. Um, the sharks are super smart. They play around, they toy, they set up traps, that sort of thing with them. Uh, but at the same time, too, it is pure 90s cheese. And there's no better example than the chef LL Cool J, who is just the entire time he's the oh hell nah type of person on the uh, thing and he's just the best character in the entire movie but yeah it is 90s cheese i would honestly kind of like the the tone of this movie is very similar to like 13 ghosts um mm, i see that in terms of the funniness and just the 90s pure cheese of it all so yeah and i don't know I say it's i feel like the, the um like, obviously, Jaws and them are classic horror uh, shark movies. But I feel like with, like, Sharknado and stuff, I feel like a lot of these kind of, like, beast movies became very... I don't, I don't know if lame's the right word, but, like, I don't know. Even watching the, the, the sequels 2 and 3, they kind of, I see, they, like, didn't take themselves as seriously. But I feel like this movie takes itself, like, oddly seriously for such like, a crazy concept of, like, big brain sharks hunt people in, in a building, essentially. Yeah, like, and I, feel I like think... That's, the movie is aware of how ridiculous it is, but at the same time, it, it kind of has to play it straight to be the voice of reason, the quote unquote straight man in this one. Like, it, it's not like they're turning to the audience like ton and wink, but at the same time, too, there are some ridiculous things that happen. And just again, the whole character of LL Cool J is definitely okay. They're they're playing this very ton in cheek. So uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Other than that, uh, yeah. Where do we want to start off here with uh, Deep Blue Sea? Uh, no, I don't even know. There's so many, there's so many great places. Um, I feel like you should start with the cast, but I kind of want to say, how did you feel about the sharks in this movie? Like the animation and like the, uh, the Oh, effects? it was terrible. It was absolutely <laughs> terrible, but in the best possible way. Like they used animatronic sharks and a combination of CGI as well. Uh, fun fact that I was researching this film. So apparently the shark animatronics used in Jaws were 25 feet. So the director of this one was just like, well, we're going to make it 26 feet to one up it. <laughs> that's, that's what they got right there um but yes no absolutely the, the 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 cg on everything all the death scenes everything like that is just absolutely terrible the animatronics is all right but at the same time it kind of helps um mm-hmm. the movie itself i never felt like i was taken out of it oh the cg is awful no it's like it's fun it's it's almost like a video game at points and it, it really it, it, it i'm okay with it so how about you? Oh, I'm the same boat. And I feel like, like especially, you know, when I, when I see the the lighter two films, you don't get, like, I, I also like the birdemic effect where they have, like, the animal just kind of like, sitting there, like, either flapping its wings in midair or the shark that's wiggled back and forth, but it's clearly not moving the way it should mm-hmm. be from that. And I think this movie doesn't really do that very much. Like, I feel like in general, I think they kind of minimize a lot of the CG effects, like, other than, obviously, the, the shark throwing the guy into the uh, into the window and stuff. Like, I feel like they do a pretty good job with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought like some of the effects with the sharks, the kills, like you know, I think the the animatronic shark looked pretty good. I don't really know what a shark looks like up close, so I don't know about that. I guess, <laughs> um, but um, I mean, I thought you know, I thought they were they were effective. Like even if they weren't maybe accurate, I'm sure I feel like they were effective as like a creature. And like as you were kind of saying, I feel like sometimes the cheese or like the um, the uncanny valley of the shark or like you know the like makes it kind of feel more like a monster movie, which I like. Um, like, I feel like, like, I don't know, the, the elements, like, where the, where the girl gets taken, bitten up out of the water, I'm like, that's really cool. I thought that was great looking. Uh, they, and, uh, you know, there are some other deaths, uh, like, you know, like a certain famous actor <laughs> gets off <laughs> in a very unceremonious way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit worse looking. But gotcha. aside from that, gotcha, gotcha, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, they did a pretty good job because obviously this was kind of, well, I want to. I don't want to say super low budget because there is a lot of. I mean, the set is crazy on that front, and I mean the director. Um, let me go ahead and find the director real quick. I forgot the name. Uh, Rennie Harlan. Yeah, he did Cutthroat Island as well, which was one of the biggest box office bombs, and another one that kind of had a lot of water on that front too. Um, which they actually reused a lot of the same set from Cutthroat Island for this movie in terms of the water, oh, really? and that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh. Um, 
to save a little bit of money on that front. But he is kind of known for those big bombastic stuff. Uh, Cliffhanger, mm. that was another one he did as well. Um, so if you had Nightmare on Elm Street 4, the Dream Master. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah. How did I forget that? Cockroach one? Arms. Yeah, Die Hard 2, good... that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, no, it's... Um, they, they do a good job with the budget they've been given. And honestly, yes, the CGI looks terrible, but they like don't linger on it too long. The sharks mm-hmm. move very fast. You can still clearly see what's going on. And that, and they use a pretty good combination of like actual animatronics and CGI as well. So they do good with what they've been doing. And honestly, it kind of enhances the movie a little bit as well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do we go into the characters real quick? We'll talk a little bit about what we got. Um, mm. So... Let's go on through real quick. So we do have our Tom Jane, who plays Carter Blake, the shark wrangler ex-con, um, who name. may or may not have romantic things with our lead protagonist, um, Susan McAllister, Dr. Susan McAllister, played by Saffron Burroughs, who's basically the researcher who wants to save Alzheimer's, or who wants to go ahead and cure Alzheimer's through this research. Uh, we also do have Samuel L. Jackson, who's the investor, who basically wants to come on over and check this place out to make sure his investments are being saved and sound. And then there's a bunch of other minor characters we really don't care about too much, except for, of course, uh, the chef played by L.L. Cool J, the preacher as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so in our next little thing right there in terms of, hey, I've seen this character in another movie before, uh, Saffron Burroughs, who plays the, the doctor, Susan McAllister. Where have you seen her before? Do you know? Uh, it's in a very recent TV show that we have both watched. A very recent TV show that we both well, watched. Well, within the past, past TV years. It's a TV show we both watched on Netflix. On Netflix. Uh, yes. Stranger Things. No. Uh, We've talked about this one game. before. No. <laughs> um, I'll give you a hint. We both hated the latest season of this show. Uh, oh, um, you. Yes, she plays Love Who's Quinn's she? mother. Oh, really? Daddy Quinn. Yep, that's her. Oh, yeah. That's I did not realize okay. that either until I started looking around. But yes, that's it. Wait, uh, she's a, huh? like, are we are we in season four? Okay. Yeah, we're in season four. Season four Jesus was the uh, the England season, and it was terrible. Wow, I keep thinking it's only three. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Season one was New York. Season two was Los Angeles. Season three was the mm-hmm. suburbs, and season four is uh, yeah. What did you, you think of her as a, as a character in this? Uh, did, did you like her? Did you not like her? She was fine, honestly, <laughs> as the way on that front. It, it was a very interesting kind of dichotomy because we could, I could tell why people hated her, and we'll get to that later as well. Uh, but at the same time, I kind of felt like she had sound reasons for it. She was obviously very passionate about curing Alzheimer's because she had some familiar uh, familiarity with it so i think like she was saying her grandmother had alzheimer's or something like that and she was really sad about it and that was her personal motivation um mm-hmm. and at the same time too i really like about two-thirds of the way through the movie a biggest thing is like she has to go back and retrieve the data and it's something that they don't need to survive but she wants to do it anyway otherwise her life work is going to be completely destroyed and i do like the fact like she doesn't put anyone else in danger she's just like i'm going to go ahead and do this myself and then she takes care of the situation herself as well um, mm. so it's not like a minor character dies because of her own actions. So overall, that's that. Um, do, 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 yeah, I, I guess before we get any deeper into this one, cause there are a few more things I want to talk about, but they are veering into spoiler territory based on decisions she makes later in the movie. Overall, would you recommend Deep Blue Sea? Oh, absolutely. I would say if you haven't seen yeah. it yet, it, you need to see it. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, I don't know if it's like a, a good movie necessarily, but it's like, it is if a you've... fun movie. Yeah. It's a fun, like I, I feel like if you're roughly our age, if you're in your 30s, 40s, you're probably like you'll enjoy it. I think, and I think younger kids, will, I think anybody younger will enjoy it as well. That's mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, great movie, fun movie. It's also a great way to kind of just go on in and watch with a bunch of friends and laugh at it. So it's it's a dumb movie, but it's great. Anyway, uh, so we're going to spoilatory right now. If you do not wish to be spoiled, go ahead and stop the episode right now. Watch Deep Blue Sea. Anyway, continuing from there, um, yeah. So apparently during test screens, the audience like hated her character so much that uh, Remy Harlan was just like, okay, I guess we got to kill her off um, at the very end. Huh. Um, but she was that. So, yeah. Um, I mean, technically, yes, it is her fault because she is the one who basically illegally enhanced the brains of these sharks or that sort of thing, too, which is exactly what the law is there, lady. Um, but, yeah, it, it, basically her death scene was an entirely reshoot. She was originally supposed to 
um, live at the end, but everyone hated her, so he was just like, "All right, fine, we'll do that." Um, that another makes so fun- much sense. That yeah. makes the, that because her death is very abrupt and kind of like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, remember... I always knew that she died, but I didn't. I never. I didn't. That makes a lot more sense now. Okay. Yeah, I remember my cousin and I after that we were like shocked at each other, like, "Oh my god, she died!" Um, but yeah, very abrupt, very kind of sudden at the very end there too. And honestly, I think it makes a stronger movie. I think. Oh, I agree. It, it, it was a really shocking moment. It was one of the things I do distinctly remember about this movie. About oh yeah, wow, that that was the one where the protagonist died at the very end and just kind of unceremoniously, bam, yeah, that's kind of a ballsy move on that front. And then the two characters we actually do like <laughs> live at well, the very end. So I always good. thought Thomas Jane was was the main character. I don't know. Just, yeah, he's he's Thomas Jane. I guess he really like he. I feel like Thomas Jane is one of those characters that like in right, if I think about this movie, like yeah, Thomas Jane, and you watch it, and he's like oh he's just kind of there. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't really do that much. He's he's kind of just, like, the dude. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Um, but um, I always remember, remember him fondly. Yep. I, I, I do have two other little fun bits of trivia as well as I was kind of researching it. Um, again, we talked about the Stephen King one. This was the very first movie he saw ever since his accident, and he absolutely loved it. Uh, we talked about the shark as well in terms of it being 26 feet instead of 25 feet. Uh, a really fun one as well. The three sharks in this movie are killed in the exact same ways as the sharks are killed in Jaws, Jaws 2, and Jaws 3D. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, so in the original Jaws, shark is blown up, which is what happens mm-hmm. to the main shark at the very end of Deep Blue Sea. In Shark 2, it is, I believe, incinerated, which is what happens in the explosion by the chef to that one shark. And mm-hmm. then uh, in Jaws 3D, they the shark is electrocuted, which is what... Um, do, 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 do. Oh. the main lady uh, Sue's Dr. Susan McAllister yeah. happens as well so ah. that was a nice little tone in cheek and my favorite <laughs> awesome. bit of trivia my absolute favorite bit of trivia this apparently is the only movie where Samuel L. Jackson does not say motherfucker but another character does <laughs> <laughs> there is Wait, no is other that... LL Cool J says huh? was this rated R or PG-13? Uh, I believe it was R but, oh, I mean, yeah, even if it was, it's that they're allowed one F-bomb, so... No, yeah. it's R. It's definitely R. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, awesome. Yes. So, it, that, I was just like, that's an amazing piece of trivia. So, a lot of fun stuff right there. Um, this is also, Ronnie Harland said this was the hardest movie he's ever had to make, which makes sense, because water movies are always ridiculous in terms of logistics and everything like that. Uh, but, yeah. Other than that, uh, what about the other characters, too? Like, um, all the other scientist characters, before we get into LL Cool J... Mm. I, I honestly thought the cast in this was great. And, like, one thing that I actually really enjoyed was that nobody was, like, an asshole. Like, uh, especially when you watch the other ones, when you watch, like, when we watch a lot of, like, other horror movies or monster movies, there's always that, you know, that asshole is like, fuck you guys, I'm going on my own. And that never happens mm-hmm. in this movie. Like, like even um, Susan McAllister, like, yeah, like, like you mentioned, like, you know, yeah, she's kind of the villain because she, you know, without the other people's knowledge, really kind of makes these sharks worse than they needed to be. Um, than everybody else thought she was, they were being, essentially. They thought they were just studying sharks and stuff, and she was kind of like, oh, you know, I'm doing this other thing with them. Um, but she was still not, like, a villain. She was just, like, you know, differently motivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, you know, even um, uh, Michael Rapport's character, uh, the, the guy who I think is, like, the mechanic or the facilities guy, he's, like, a nice guy. He's, like, trying to, like, you know, you expect, like, the big butting heads to him and Thomas Jane. They kind of shit on each other, but then they're, you know, kind of buddies. He's still, like, a nice guy. Like, mm-hmm. everybody in this movie is like a nice person <laughs> which like not a nice person i say but they're, they're working together like it really kind of made me think of like almost this really not the movies aren't really comparable but kind of like the martian where like there wasn't a villain everyone was just trying to solve the problem and like i enjoyed that i again mm-hmm. the sequels don't do that sequels have clear villains <laughs> and they're not great but i always appreciate it when a movie's like no 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 the shark is the villain here the shark is the thing we're trying to get away from like we don't need to fucking be assholes to each other Let's mm-hmm. just get away from the shark. Like everybody's really helpful to each other. It's it's nice. It's um you know there's people who complain and stuff and like who are like I don't know uh, not you know always in the best mood in the movie. But nobody's like a villain. Uh, and I really liked that. Like I really liked uh, Michael Rapaport's character. Um, you know it really sucked when um, the blonde girl died because she was like a nice you know they're all good characters. Uh, so mm-hmm. like it made, it made you not want to watch them die. Um, so I I, I really enjoyed that. I I thought that like. You know, while the other characters didn't really stand out much, I liked that as a cast, they were, like, supportive of each other. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. How about you? Yeah, no, I 100% agree. It was really nice to see them camaraderie. Um, there's a lot of good moments in the movie where, for example, the uh, Tom, the mechanic guy, 
he's having a little mental breakdown and Carter basically just kind of lifts him up and they all assist and help each other out. It's, I mean, they do butt heads a little bit, especially with Tom Jane's character, but Mm -hmm. it is ultimately they're all in this together. They all try to survive together. And even there's really no situation where like one person puts another person in danger for stupid reasons. They don't make any stupid decisions or if they do, they kind of take care of it themselves as well. So overall, yeah, I honestly, they did a really good job with all the characters in this movie. I, there wasn't a single one that I disliked. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I feel like with, with Tom Scoggins, man, he, when he died, I was so sad because I was really starting to, I was really liking him and he was yeah. like, oh, let's do this. Like, I was like, no, don't, don't die, man. You're like, I, I knew he was going to die. Cause like, yeah, I was in the movie before, but I kind of forgotten exactly when and how it happened. And I was like, uh-huh. God damn it. Um, had some uh, kind of had some Matthew Illiard movie um, energy as well with that character. So, like in um, oh gosh, uh, da, 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 what was the other movie we reviewed with Matthew? It's Thirteen Ghosts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah. I apologize for anybody who can hear my dog growling in the background. He heard we we're talking about like a monster movie, and he's just constantly trying to fight with a cat to get on the bed and just being a dick. Hey, just like that. Oh. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I guess we got to talk about LL Cool J now, who, again, best oh. character in the movie. LL Cool Absolutely. J is the chef. His name is Preacher. He is a ridiculous human being, and he kills a shark all by himself. He has all of the one-liners in this movie back and forth, stabs a shark with a crucifix. Um, and also there, too, I think this I can't confirm, but I've read this from multiple sources. We're basically saying that he had a stipulation in the contract that he would be in the movie if he could do the theme song, which deepest bluest my hat is like a shark's fin plays over the credits. It It's the most ridiculous thing ever. I love it. I love it so much. I mean, it's probably the best song ever. And actually that makes me wonder, is that in, that might actually be in the, uh, one of the sequels. Uh, I didn't, I think maybe end of the third one I was sitting there and I, I thought there, were, I thought it may have been playing, but I didn't, didn't investigate but it might come back in the third one <laughs> nice that's nice nice uh but yeah no he's just a really funny character and you want to see him live by the end of the movie you really want him to survive and he does like he and tom jane are the only two survivors of this entire movie and both of them are really really great and it's really fun to see the bro the bromance at the very ends as they kind of you know survive and laugh and be like oh yeah that's it um so yeah i really so really fun character if you go to the um, the Deep Blue Sea Wikipedia page, there's like a, a cut scene of um, Thomas Jane uh, kissing um, Saffron Burrows. Mm-hmm. And I think they really should have, you know, after they killed her off, they probably should have recut that scene with, oh, cool, Jane, Thomas Jane. Just, you know. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> See how Tess feel about that. Just, you know, they, they uh-huh. look at each other after it's over, and you're just like, oh, okay. Uh, 1999. May not have been that progressive enough, but goddamn it, I wanted to shoot them for the, that they wanted to shoot I know, that, that would have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been so good. Uh, Another fun fact is, too, apparently LL Cool J almost died working on this movie. There was, uh, when he was doing the uh, Hot Ones interview, um, the the Hot Wings interview YouTube channel, uh, but basically he was talking about how, uh, let me go ahead and read it verbatim exactly what he said. So basically, Sean Evans asked him, hey, is it true that you almost died on Deep Blue Sea? And he said, 1,000% true, facts, 100% facts. I was on the sets. I was probably number 479 on the call sheet. And I was in the middle of a take, and they called lunch. And the guy holding the little shark joystick goes and then kind of just runs away. And they just bailed on me. Oh, wait, I missed that. The guy holding the little joystick goes, pastrami, and just bailed on me. And there I was (laughs) just kind of uh, thrashing around like it was real. And they said, oh, and gave me this little breathing apparatus, like something you blow out and blow in. I blow in. I breathe out. It's all water. Took it to another level. But I ended up struggling and getting out of the water, climbed out. And there was one dude sitting there with his cigarettes, like... Saw what happened. So it was cool. <laughs> exactly <laughs> verbatim what he said. So yeah. This wasn't his first horror movie? What was he in before? He was in Halloween H2O. Oh, yeah. He, he was oh, the, the security guard at campus. That? How did I forget, uh, I forget about that? I forget his name. It's like with an R or something. Um, but yeah, he, he was in, like, every time I think about it, like, that's always I forget that he's like, oh, yeah, so he was in that first, and I think he was in this after. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's, yeah. he's a pro. Yeah. Ronnie, that's his name, Ronnie. There you go. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta just really, just LL Cool J, whatever happened to him. I mean, he's on MCIS now, but that's about it, so. Is he? Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, no, he's on all the MCIS stuff. Um, I'm here for that. Yeah. But yeah, um, other than that, what are those scenes, like, really stuck out to you in this movie? Because really, this this is a movie that's just really fun, really well put together. It doesn't have any deep themes or anything like that, but it, it does have uh, a lot of really cool moments. Does it not have deep themes? I mean, like, don't fuck with sharks and don't be... 
Yeah, don't 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 genetically alter sharks. I mean, clearly, let's let's, let's look at the themes here, Dan. All right, let's see <laughs> who dies in this movie. Right. Um, everybody except for Tom Jane and Alec Olje. True, true, true. All right. So what what are they? They are a white man and a black man. What else are they? They are both kind of the I guess like servant roles. I uh, see. All right. All right. All right. Uh-huh. Let's see. Okay. So let's see. So let's see. The upper class, these high scientists, and this uh, yeah. mogul man create this, uh, you know, this newfound thing to help them. But what does it do? It kills them. And I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this for theming. Um, <laughs> no, no. And no, now I, I gotcha. People have to climb to the top to survive. All right, there what's, we what's go. Your, what's what's do you, do you have a better interpretation? Uh, no, no. I think they were good right there. Just uh, you know. Yeah, don't fuck with sharks. And you know, maybe it's about just how smoking is bad for you, because it yeah. all started because one guy was smoking. Entire That's fucking true. thing, right? This all happened because Skarsgård decided to have a smoke next to a shark, so it bit off his arm, mm-hmm. which then caused them to have to airlift him, which caused the shark to get the gurney to break the water to flood the base to get out to the outside. Mm-hmm. Don't smoke. Now that scene where they the, the shark takes um, him and pushes him against the window underwater as it slowly starts cracking. That was that was so good. Uh, it was, CG dude, was terrible, was... but it was so good. Well, I love too, like when the when the uh, when the glass broke and that big fucking like baseball, like probably bigger than that chunk, just flies out of glass. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh shit, that's like really fucking thick glass that's about to shatter and kill everybody. Yes. Um, uh, that, so that, that was so good. Um, but... Speaking of which, I the, the best scene in the entire movie, um, the Samuel Jackson scene. I mean, I, you know, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, what? I get what I. I mean, it's all right. I think the I, I think they're better scenes, but it's it's a iconic scene. I think they're better scenes. That is the that's is, is probably like the most iconic scene in the entire movie for me. Like just so again, those of you who haven't seen it, who are listening anyway, um, like halfway through the movie, Samuel Jackson the entire time, you think he's going to be like the dick investor who's just like, I got I got out of here. I have so much money. No, his character has lived through an avalanche before, so he has some survival skills. And there's a scene about halfway through the movie after the inciting incident where they're still figuring out exactly what their plan is that Samuel Jackson kind of has the heroic speech where just like, hey, I was buried under snow and I got out of here. All we have to do is do this. We got to stick together. We got to do that and we will win. We will survive. And like at the midway through his speech, mid talking, he all of a sudden shark jumps up out of the water grabs him, drags him back down, and he's dead. They kill him off mid-inspirational speech. And the best part is one of the other characters, like, five minutes before says, hey, don't stand too close to that edge, and yeah. nothing happens. It's just like they, they even foreshadow it. Uh, yes, so it is. Uh-huh. My, my question about that, how does that work? So I thought, I thought the deal was that the sharks were in this contained space mm-hmm. and that the... The whole point of this was they were flooding the um, uh, facilities so they could yeah. escape. Yeah, yeah, but I'd assume that the the submarine because that, that 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 hole there is like a pressurized hole and it's meant for submarine. They say mm-hmm. there's a submarine to go up in. That has to be able to go outside of the shark tank, I imagine, right? No, no, it doesn't no? need to be in there because yeah, I, why would the submarine need to be anywhere else but besides inside the shark tank? I assumed it was like an escape thing. Uh, no, not necessarily. Well, they were going to use it for escape, but I think by that point in time, they didn't realize that, oh, yeah, the sharks are going to hit out. Like, so. I mean, if the sharks are already fucking them up and being super cool, I wouldn't want to go out into the shark zone. I mean, like... Yeah, right? but it was also kind of the same thing that they had. That um, was really the only thing they had at the moment um, that they could think of. And they also didn't realize at that moment that the shark's goal was to escape the facility. So yeah, I'm assuming they were just going to grab the submarine and just kind of punch their way out of there. I don't know, man. I, I feel like I, I want to find the map. They're, they're, they showed us the map of the facility. <laughs> uh, what you get? They got they all of this movie. They, they they planned it so much that they have like a map of what it looks like and stuff, so you can see. Like I, I love that about this movie. It's it's. I think it was well thought out. Um, maybe not this part. I don't know. I feel like you're probably right, but like I could have sworn that like. The, that they were saying to use that to get out. Mm-hmm. So I just don't like how the shark got in there. Maybe had like an, oh, I don't know what they call it, but whatever the water equivalent of an airlock is, where like they put the thing in there and then they'll like open up the other gates so they can kind of still push the submarine through the gate or something like that. There could be like an underwater door, I guess. So, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Like, I guess my question is because like we see the, 
we see the netted off area where the sharks can't leave, and it doesn't look like it goes that low. So I'd assume this like six story, uh, you know, shark lab, the bottom story wouldn't go back out into the shark containment. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it seems that seemed weird to me. Um, but anyway, because because then at the end they I guess they end up going through a different hatch to leave, don't they? Or do they go back? How do they? Where do they end up leaving from? I can't remember. Uh, they end up leaving from a hatch. Um in one of the upper levels because like the whole facility is slowly sinking so eventually like they have less and less options and they kind of have to mm. force themselves to move on in and figure out exactly where to go uh, but eventually yes there is a surface escape hatch um, that they can go ahead so basically they flood the airlock and pressurize it and then they just swim up to the surface from there that's the whole scene where they're kind of at that point it's just uh susan and tom jane and ll cool j and they're all standing around and just kind of um yeah, Hello Cool J has his prayer. Oh, yeah. As I, I walk for the Valley of the Death, but I, because I'm the meanest motherfucker around, something like that. So, yeah. But then, like, again, my question, if that's the bottom hatch that leads him up, where did that other one, where did the submarine go? I don't know, man. I got questions. <laughs> got questions um, that I had only thought about after, at the end. Um, but anyway, again, I love the station. The Aquatica station, great idea. Mm-hmm. It was cool. I loved, I, I love that, like, I don't know, being trapped in some... I think it's, like, you know, the, the director said he kind of inspired by Alien. I'm like, I see it. I see it. Oh, yeah. Going through, going through the hallways and stuff. Like, I I see why young me was like, yes, this is a good thing. Continue. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Definitely, so definitely. we went over LL Cool J. We went over uh, Thomas Jane, uh person I can't remember the name of, uh, Seth Barrows, uh, and any other characters? What do you think? I think the only, the only one that really is Skarsgård who died. We don't really care about him. Yeah. And then... Um, Blonde Jan. scientist yeah. who Jan. was all right. She was yeah, good. She was fun. She was cool. I felt she bad when she died. So she had a really yeah, good well, death scene uh, where she was like screaming, "I don't want to die." That was that was really heartbreaking. Yeah, that was. I will say that was effective too. Yeah, cause I feel like she was kind of annoying, but also like in an understandable way. She was like the crazy, like not the crazy, but the one who was buckling under pressure. But like, it makes sense. She is mm-hmm. like thought she was in this place to be safe and little does she know that her boss was raising killer sharks and she's like fuck yeah. <laughs> um but who is the cast list has something named brenda oh brenda was the one in the um the tower uh, yeah the she tower. was like the okay. traffic control or whatever it was i forgot about her completely okay yeah <laughs> and she died fairly early in the movie so yeah it's true it's true yeah i do like that scars was still alive when he <laughs> broke into the thing yes that was ridiculous yeah. um, like oh shit because he had like the auction mask and everything so he was just there living <laughs> being dragged around by a shark mm-hmm. um that was insane um but yeah so um what, what was your favorite kill of the movie uh no samuel jackson sorry still gotta go with that one just be- because it's so like shocking and just I, I remember that was something that just completely threw me off guard it was it was wonderful like that that's probably one of the best surprise deaths i've ever seen in any horror movie like right up there with exorcist 3 in my opinion uh, yeah. how about you i i think for me it, it, it is jan's death like when she gets pulled mm-hmm. out of like I, I had that i had that in my mind like i had that i knew like i like, knew it was coming but i was like I, but i thought like it almost wasn't this movie because it was so ingrained into my head and then what happened is like oh shit there it is like <laughs> that scene of her like coming up out of the water and you see her come up with her arms that stretch out but then you realize that she's just like in the shark's mouth is mm-hmm. so good uh and it's also like horrifying because you're like here's this person who was trying to reach i almost got to her and right when i'm about to get her she's like she's already dead essentially mm-hmm. um that was really cool and yeah, again like like a scary image and like i feel like that could either use like in other, other horror movies as well i'm sure it has been um that actually reminds me a lot of um the remake of the blob doesn't happen to the little boy uh, when, they're, when they're in the sewer the little boy gets grabbed yeah. and he come flies up but i think he's like half just eating at that point or something mm-hmm. uh, a similar similar thing but again equally horrifying because it's just like somebody who like you want to help but is technically just gone mm-hmm. um i thought that was really effective um but other than that like, you know the, a lot of the kills like you know we said um brenda is kind of just taken out with a helicopter uh helicopter guy's taken out with a helicopter <laughs> uh poor helicopter guy we hardly knew you i know there he was just trying to save people yeah. um, i don't understand how that shark fucking got that thing oh no because did, did they i can't remember did they fall back into the water yes that, uh okay. yeah so basically what happened was they were trying to do the storm they were trying to figure out exactly how to get back up there and we're trying to manage the storm and they lose control and then scars basically dips under the water and then that's basically when they use him like a fishing lure like baits and mm-hmm. then they grab it and then they can move over the helicopter around so do you think yeah. that would happen like do you think sharks a sh- a sh- if a shark like, grabbed it it would be able to pull the 
thing like that? Or I, do you think I, that like... I think it would, but I think the shark would let go because the shark would be like, oh, it's fighting back. It's got some resistance. So it depends on how hungry the shark is, I guess. Because most of that is not meat. I mean, like, humans are fairly small, so compared to, like, a school of fish or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I guess in this case, the shark was using it as a tool, right? The shark's goal was to just break out of there. But Yeah. Um, but these are about super that. smart sharks. I, like, sharks. I guess they're super big, too, right? They're probably they're, they're chunkier than the normal yeah. sharks. Yeah, they're, they're chunky, they're, smart sharks. They're, they're, they've, they've been doing the roids. They're like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> They do crossfit, crossfit sharks. Yeah. There we go. No, they, they do all the crossfit. Yeah, right? they, they're doing, they're doing uh, instead of tractor poles, they do uh, helicopter poles. Like, yeah, check, check me out, bro. <laughs> That's what it really was, dude. He was just fucking flexing, and then he like, oh, fuck, instead sorry, of, guys. Instead of abs, do they just show off their scales? Or they're, they're, they're like, uh, what are the slits on the side called? Are those scales? Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about. That. Gills, gills. Gills, gills. There we go. Yeah, they just show off their gills instead yeah. of their abs. <clears throat> Yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, check out my gill, bro. Uh, uh, <laughs> look at this flex. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think anything else said about this movie that's worth going into. Um, so I did watch the two sequels, so I know we should do our, our pitch for the end. Um, oh, should, should, I, should, should we do our pitches for a sequel, and then I'll tell you what the actual sequels are? Do you want to uh, yeah, first? I'd say we do that, and then let's get into the sequels as well, because you've okay. seen them, I have not. Um, okay. But I, I am very curious to see your kind of opinions on that front right there. Um, my pitch for the sequel on this front is basically later on LL Cool J has obviously the protagonist of the next movie um, this hypothetical movie right there obviously he's got to be and basically he's not so much haunted by this experience but he's become like a battle hardened warrior at this point and he goes around to like save teens who are caught up in shark battles and shark attacks and that sort of thing too and then one day he comes across a shark who is like, I don't know, the sharks had kids or something like that. And it's the grown up genetically enhanced shark. And it remembers him for like 20 years ago. So it's this like big legacy thing where LL Cool J is fighting these sharks. Ooh, that, what's, that's it, what what's it called? What's, what's the title? Yeah, Deeper Blue Sea, obviously. Ooh, deeper Blue No, 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 no. <laughs> too Deeper, Too Blue, or Too Sea. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. I like it. Um, so uh, my, my idea would actually come after the sequels, not because it has anything to do with them, but just because uh, I think that, like, all franchises, this needs to go into space. So I'm thinking, <laughs> um, you know, they take this to the next level where not only are they doing brain stuff on them, but they're also like, oh, we need to think about how, like, how to help humans survive decompression in space. What's better than a, uh, you know, an aquatic being out of water, you know, has to deal with depressurization. So why not, you know, same kind of idea. So they're doing some research on sharks and they put them into space, but the sharks are too smart, and they rebel. Uh, and then they have to escape a space station. While I don't know if that's maybe it's flooded out. I haven't figured out that part out yet. Maybe, maybe the sharks can survive in space. Maybe that's the real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could be called Deep Black Space, and it would be. <laughs> uh, but people wouldn't know. We made Deep Black Sea, and then they wouldn't be revealed as a Deep Blue Sea sequel until like, the end, because like you know what's going to happen. They're gonna, they're going to you know it's going to be like the end of the Predator. They're going to like be getting out, and they're going to find some like preserved coffin and they're like what's inside here they're like they say it's the shark killer weapon and they open it up and LL Cool J pops out and it's like you <laughs> killed my bird and then he <laughs> gets up and he's like say a little prayer and then he <laughs> <laughs> something like that <laughs> good stuff that's my theory that's that's good the stuff. thing to do um so then uh the actual sequels um so we got two sequels this movie uh mm-hmm. they're theoretically direct continuations uh, not of this movie well they, they're related but like the Two and three are theoretically like directly continued. So Deep Blue Sea Two is about another uh, remote station, which is clearly like uh, the station from this movie, but just Aquatica, but just like you know, with like a five dollar budget, <laughs> and like you know, that's just the facade of the top, and then everything else is in these fake underground uh, rooms. But basically, uh, the plot of that movie is that they are using um, uh, fuck, they're not goblin sharks, they are. Uh, bull sharks because apparently bull sharks are more aggressive um and it's the plot of the same thing people are doing a uh another kind of uh experiment but here they have these five trained bull sharks and they can use like a radio signal to have them like to kind of control them um and they have a digital like a digital fence that they can't escape except they can't escape they come back sometimes i guess uh but in this one they're trying to harvest their like brain serum because sharks are really smart so it's a continuation of that research but it's like different so now they're using like 
to get the smart juice out of their brains. Um, and this one guy like drinks it. The bad guy drinks the smart juice to try to be smart. And he's like, this is about being smart. Um, and I can't <laughs> I remember what the causes <laughs> the issue. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember what like kicks things off going bad. Um, but it's just like, it's like another trip where like some sharkologist girl who loves sharks goes there. A married couple goes there. Um, some other dude goes there. Then there's the bad guy. And then there's this like henchman who's supposed to be like Thomas Jane's character. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not very good. But in this one, uh, what, what the new thing is, is that one of the sharks is pregnant and she has Ooh. baby sharks. Ooh. And not only do they sing baby shark to do, but they actually eat them. So like, it's like um, piranha. They basically become piranhas. So like, that's the new thing. You don't really see big sharks very much in this one. You see them kind of at the end. Um, but in this one, the big thing is that they're little sharks going around and like eating people alive at piranhas. Um, and they're very fast at eating people alive. Um, but also sometimes, you know, it can be thwarted by just like sitting on top of like uh, a floating mattress and they won't, they won't get you. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's not, it's not the most consistent. And then number three is a direct continuation of that because at the end of three, some of the baby sharks escape and now they're all grown up. And number three is about a group of like scientists, vlogger people who are on this small like island nation, which is like maybe has like six houses and they're there researching a different kind of shark. I think a mako shark again. Um, and these bull sharks are coming and they're in the area. And these guys who know about the Deep Blue Sea 2 experiment are there to get them. Uh, but our main girl, uh, her ex-lover, is, the, um, is with that group of guys trying to get the sharks back for that evil corporation. And there's an Australian or New Zealand guy who's evil. Um, it's great. It's, I think three, two, three is much better than two. Um, and that's where that great, that great scene I showed you of the guy jumping off the boat is from, is from three. Um, so I honestly think three is worth watching. Three is like, three is like more hooky and dumb. Like it's, it's good. It's like a sci-fi original movie essentially. So it's, you know, it's lame, but it's, it's fun. Um, two is, nah, two is bad. Yes. Um, I, I'm reading the Wikipedia summary right now. I do like this one. Megan Navarro of Bloody Disgusting expressed that while the film cannot be considered good by any conventional standards, (laughs) it was nonetheless enjoyable. Well, like, yeah. there's like a bad, there's like some badass characters in this movie, which I kind of like. Like in three, there's like a couple guys who are just like insane. There's like a fight, se- there's like a couple of fight sequences. There's like exploding uh, darts. There's bombs. There's espionage. Uh, there is like dumb technology. Like it's it it does everything right. <laughs> like, but it's like not a horror movie. Like you know, it's like I was never like scared for a character dying. I was kind of either waiting for it to happen. Like you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it's surprising compared to the second one how much better it is. Like I think that's that's the thing. You maybe watch number two just to appreciate number three so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, number two also has like a James Bond like opening sequence where it's just like huh. I don't know, like some weird music playing while somebody swims around. It cuts to like different crossfades of fish swimming in the sea, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" And it's like I saw like five minutes of just like scenes of fish swimming around. Um, <laughs> It's really weird, uh, but you know, it's it, it's part of the experience. You know, I think you can buy the Deep Blue Sea trilogy if you ever want it. So, Ooh, okay, just saying, they're capitalizing on that. Warner Bros. Home Entertainment, you know, Harry Potter movies and Deep Blue Sea. That's what they're all about. <laughs> That's what I got to do. No, I really like. I, I I just this movie made me happy to watch. Honestly, it is mm. just such a fun movie. It instilled a lot of happy memories in me in terms of watching this with my cousin way back when, when we were like I don't know, twelve, thirteen, something like that, and. Yeah, it's just a really well put together kooky movie. I mean, like, yeah, it, it's not. Again, I would not consider this like an amazing movie um, objectively. Like, the dialogue is terrible, but in an amazing way. The CG is terrible, but at the same time, it kind of works on that front. It's just one of those where, yeah, it's just it's a fun movie, and mm-hmm. I am pretty uh, pretty happy with this one. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's almost like a comfort food movie. I feel like, and I, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder, like, if that's mostly just, like, our history with it, or if it's one of those movies where, you know, people watching it who haven't seen it, who are either from our generation or even, you know, younger, would appreciate it the same way. Like, I don't know. I I think there's something about it, something that, like, is just that perfect kind of 90s horror, but, like, not not scary, like, action-adventure horror movie that I think just Mm -hmm. works really, thriller movie, or maybe that's, like, you know, like, kind of like the Poseidon Adventure. Like, it's just, it's that kind of, like, suspense horror that I think this movie just does really, really well. Um, and I just, I can't, like, again, like, virus, but even that kind of goes a little bit more to the horror, we had a body horror elements at times. Like, I just feel like it's very unique, but not 
it's very uniquely middle of the line. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. say that, you know? Um, but, yeah. I, I feel like, what, what's a movie we did like this? I think we did another movie where we both said it felt very just, like, relaxing and fun to watch. Um, 13 Ghosts? It, was, it could be, fucking probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, probably. Um, yeah. This this would belong very well in that, in that uh, what was that? Castle, Ghost Castle, Castle Ghost? Ghost that Castle? The, the, the producers of... Um, of thirteen ghosts, ghosts. Uh, ghosts. House on Haunted Hill. Oh, they had the production company that did, they did the remake. I have no idea what you're talking about. How, how dare you? It was uh, <laughs> there was the 2001 remake. It was released by the great company that was called. I fucking can't find it. But it, there was a label. They, they did House on Haunted Hill. They did this. They thought they did Ghost Ship. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought they did all those movies. Uh, what was the production company called again? Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about now too. It uh, is Warner Brothers, so it might actually Dark be Dark Castle. Company. Dark Castle Entertainment. Dark Castle. There we go. Yeah, yes. it, felt, uh-huh. it, it felt very Dark Castle. Yes. Um, so uh, apparently, this, Dark Castle, the Hot Sun Hill's uh, first movie came out in 1999 too. So look at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there we go. But this was, House of this Wax. Did as well. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah. Did we do that movie? We did right. Uh, yes, we did House of Wax. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. I, I've, I've got a point where I realized I just can't remember what movies we've done. We've really, really <laughs> been doing this for like four and a half years, so yeah. That's true, that's true. All right. I'm stuff. old now. Okay. Yes, All right. we um, all are. Ah, oh, sad. Um, so any any final thoughts on this film? No, not really. No, just go see it. It is a really fun movie if you want to see it with a bunch of people and just kind of laugh at it the whole time or just like kind of like just really enjoy it and talk to each other yeah absolutely it's really good it is, movie, it is the so. season of shark week right shark week is this week next week it is yes so, so you know surprise I, I, shark I, week yeah surprise yeah and then you know if you haven't seen it yet definitely watch it um mm-hmm. i i might watch it i like might i think i like it more than jaws i know jaws again is probably the better movie but like i think i enjoy mm-hmm. this movie more yeah it's a really fun movie it's a really really good one all right, cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, uh, thank you to our opening theme song. That is Teddy's Atlas with the song Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. Stay groovy. Bye.